You're listening to No Nonsense Sales from Salesloft, your weekly dose of sales fun where we interview some of the biggest names in sales and separate sales fact from fiction. And here's your host, Tom Boston. Welcome back to No Nonsense Sales. If you're a new listener, hello, good to good to have you. If you're an old listener, hello, welcome back, good to good to have you. Let's jump right into it. Chris Ritson is my guest this week. He's the co-founder of Flexperts. He's a sales trainer and he trains SDRs how to become AEs. This week's myth to debunk is becoming an AE is an uphill battle. Is that a fact or a fiction? Now, a lot of SDRs listening to this will be thinking, it's a fact, Tom. I'll tell you that. I'm 18 months in seat. I've hit my target for 12 I'm going to be an SDR for the rest of my life. I'm going to be the oldest SDR in the world. Okay, a lot of salespeople want to become AEs. They want that promotion. Here at Salesloft, we help AEs to sell better with our AI-powered revenue workflow platform. And AEs using Salesloft are closing more deals. We can see that in the data, which is really exciting. But how do we get to the role of AE in the first place? Chris is the man to speak to. So my first question for him, does he struggle when people call him an entrepreneur? It's, it's, this, it's, it's a bit of a weird, it's a bit, bit of a weird word for me. It's a big, it's a big word, right? I've always identified in my career as a salesperson or an SDR leader. Um, so trying to identify something other than that has been just a little bit, a little bit strange, right? Um, there's no, it's no, nothing more than that. And I was just, when I was thinking about it, I was like, right, just got to apply the power of repetition. If someone sees something enough or hears it enough, they will start to believe it, right? Uh, so that's why I repeatedly say, both to myself and to other people, right, I am an entrepreneur now because that's literally what I am. I've changed. I'll never not be an SDR or a salesperson. I'm just, it, just my responsibilities are bigger than that now. Um, but yeah, it still gives me a little bit like, oh, it's a bit weird. Um, I'm a salesperson, aren't I? Come on, Chris. Like, don't tell people you're not a salesperson. <laughs> yeah, I like that. I mean, there's there's n- probably negative connotations associated to the wo- to the word. I think that's probably that's probably it, right? I mean, that's where yeah. I'm that's where I'm coming in from. You hear that word and you start to picture what that person might look like. But uh, what what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, well, exa- exactly right. I think people picture like an on these you know entrepreneurs kind of like almost like a little bit, a little bit wha- like a little bit wacky, a little bit out there. That's kind of my like my my version. Or the other side of it was someone's like a super serious business person. And I think I'm just probably in the middle. I'm just a boring guy, really, right? For all intents and purposes, I'm just a very normal, normal person. So. Um, I, what actually helped me get to grips with it was I actually looked at the dictionary definition of entrepreneur, and it's basically someone who is willing to take financial risk. And I was like, yeah, that actually is me. Uh, I am willing to take financial risk, right? Quit your job. Cool, you don't have an income stream. You put money into backing yourself rather than your train ticket to get to the office. Uh, just small stuff like that is that you don't have to be this like hot shot or do something completely crazy out in the blue and come up with this wild idea that goes viral and global to be an entrepreneur. You just have to put a little bit of money behind yourself and back, and back yourself. You still have a full-time job and be an entrepreneur as well, right? It's just it's just taking a bit of financial risk, right? Um, obviously, the people who go 
for the full way are probably the people who've put, <laughs> taken the biggest financial risks and have got the sexiest stories. But that's probably not me also. It doesn't mean I'm not one, but just means that I'm not that kind of extreme one. So everything's on a spectrum, right? Yeah, and you've got to do you, right? You know, you're. I've okay. met you before. You're very grounded, right? And you kind of keep it real. And I think that's why you've been so successful with helping SDRs get promoted to AEs, right? Now, this role, this AE role is so desired in sales, uh, coming from someone who uh, looked at the role themselves, right, as an SDR, like the almighty yeah. AEs, the account executives in the in the dream, you know, that's the dream, the dream world. But why why is that role so desired, do you think? It comes down to human psychology. It's status. That is it. It is status. Everyone, if you think about everything, right, in the world, people buy stuff because they view it as improving their status in one way or another. Clothes, you look better, therefore your status is improved, right? Well, this sales tool that can help you make more sales is just going to improve your status with everyone else in the business because you can sell more. Right, or your peers, or or your business is smashing it. Whatever it is, I think that's what it comes down to, right? Like um, ultimately, it's been made in a hierarchical way, because it, what the SDR's responsibilities are come further up the funnel than the AEs do, right? So it's 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 a it's a logical step to make, um, but it's also really well married up from a sales process perspective, also to people's careers, and that's all it comes down to is this status thing. I want more i want people to view me as better that's also what you know why sdr is saying i'm just an sdr because they view their status as being lower than the aes and in many ways like and the reality is unfortunately is it, it makes sense for them to say that not that they should or i agree with it but it also makes sense psychologically <laughs> to say it right and um that's that's ultimately what it comes down to. But that's when they look. That's when people. Everyone's looking up at then at the next person in the ladder to them. Mm. It doesn't it doesn't matter if like take you know we've all heard of Alex Hamosi recently, right? It's like cool. He did a hundred million. Oh, he's done made a hundred million dollars or whatever. All he's doing now is looking at the next person up in the ladder who's done two hundred and fifty million, mm. and then that person's looking at a billion, and then God knows who Jeff Bezos looks at. Right, probably himself in the mirror. But everyone's looking at someone else to try and increase their status. That's where SDRs look at the next step. Um, yeah, that, that, that's it. And then when SDRs do get promoted to AEs, what, what do you think that that role looks like when it's done well? And to reframe that question, what are some of the best traits of an AE, a modern AE? Yeah, so I'll always remember a quote that one of my old bosses used to say. You used used to used to say was the A's job. It was to close as much revenue in the shortest period of time, right? Or as many as many deals in the shortest period of time for the highest amount of revenue. That he was, and you just had that quote on our Monday morning meeting for like three years. Yeah. Right, so we all knew what we needed to do <laughs> um, at any one point. And it was it, the beauty was in the consistency of it. And the team was was wildly successful because we just repeated that action and worked towards it constantly. Um, I think I think in terms of in, ter in terms of like what are the traits of a top AE? So like 
my 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 view or what I found when I've been hiring people at SDR level is I've I've hired over two hundred and fifty of them collectively, and there's been seven traits that I, I look for in terms of their behaviours. You will not get past the first interview unless you show me that you've got like some evidence of these behaviours, basically. Um, one, like a couple of a couple of them, just give you examples that I think follow all the way through. One is just like the will to win, right? Like, but you got to be. But I define that as being competitive with yourself. The top AEs, they 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 don't care about the leaderboard. They care about where they finished, and then they want to go and beat it again and again and again. And they understand the you know the fact that numbers are infinite. So no matter how much revenue they make, they can always beat it. And they've always got to be better to be able to do it. So they're in that constant pursuit of acquiring new skills in order to do that. I think the second part of it is emotional intelligence and the ability to understand the person in front of them that they're working with. Can they, can you really understand the can you really understand the individual? I think that takes that that takes a huge amount of emotional intelligence and skill to be able to do that at a soft at a soft, at a soft level. And then the, the the final thing for me, right, is just the ability to continue. There is so much to be said for the ability to continue, right? Like, look at like what we were talking about last time we met. Is like how many people did we start posting with on social? Like a year ago, when I started posting on LinkedIn, I was posting with about ten other people that we were trying to keep each other accountable. None of them post anymore, and also none of them have then gone and built a following. It's the same as SDRing and AEing, right? It's this compound effect of just small actions taken every single day. And AEs know and understand how to do that, right? Like they don't give up prospecting. They don't, you know, ignore the skill of that or or, or leave it to the SDRs. They don't ignore marketing. They etc. Right? Um, they're in that constant mindset at the top AEs for me. But but again, I think we go back to it. To, uh, I don't think every SDR can be a successful AE because ultimately the role is built to make the cream come to the come to the top, right? Um, and that and I think that that's that that that's a really important concept to be honest with you because it also drives people to be better to go and achieve more and. For me, it's, it's got to be this balance between like, yes, work-life balance and, and all that stuff, but also high performance. How can you find find that? I think that's a really important concept too. Yeah, I want to pick up on what you said there about not every SDR becoming an AE because I was an SDR who thought he wanted to be an AE once upon a time um, yeah. until my management team sort of said, Tom, we think your skill set might be used elsewhere, right? You know, like yeah. let's think about using your full potential. But what would your advice be to SDRs then who are maybe in a role for a bit longer than they thought, right? So they're in a role for 12 months, 18 months, pushing on two yeah. years, and they're not achieving that AE role. Do they just have to accept yeah. maybe it's not for me? Or are there things that they can do no. to, you know, to progress that journey? No, I, I don't I don't I don't think anyone should accept that they can't do something. I think that's what that that's really really important. Whilst I don't think the A route is for everyone, I don't think that people should accept something being told to them if they really believe the opposite. And that that for me, it, and therein lies like the difference between a lot of successful people and unsuccessful people. 
if some people say like for me some people say you know they, they fall at the first hurdle because someone said you can't do it then like they they never tried right really right um but and but i think it comes down to like what are you really passionate there's a and i'll go a step back there's a ton of research by angela duckworth on like grit and what makes people successful and because i'm a nerd for it i've read a lot of the research papers but if you go back to like the two fundamentals one is like you know having you know you're passionate about the what you want to go into right and that keeps you in the game because you actually love it you have that intrinsic drive to want to continue you also have the persistence to pick yourself up and continuously try and learn the skills that you need to be successful within it so you're going to get knocked down by someone something somewhere probably every day multiple times a day do you have the persistence a lot of people have the passion but very few people i've found have the persistence and so everyone will say to you that I want to be an AE, I want to be a marketer, I want to be a CS person. My question for them is, can you stay in the game long enough in order to achieve it? And it's not set out in stone. It, it, that Whether that's 12 months or 36 months or five years, if you get there, you still get there. And most people don't get there. It's, uh, it's so good to hear you talk about that because, again, persistence is uh, it's a real key theme on this on this podcast and i would add to that right nobody owes you a promotion nobody owes you a career nobody owes you your dream role so actually falling down at the first hurdle uh, and there's probably going to be about 100 200 300 more of those hurdles so get get ready for them uh, actually it's about just keeping on going which ties very nicely it's almost like we did this on purpose to uh, to today's theme which is of course becoming an ae being an uphill battle we kind of need to settle this yeah. right so would you say that's a fact or a fiction based on what we talked about i think i think becoming i think becoming an ae is tougher in this market because everyone is freaked out and been like, all oh, right, we just need to not, we don't need to hire bodies. We need to hire people who actually have proof that they can do something. I mean, that makes it extremely difficult for SDRs right now um, because fundamentally most of them don't have the proof that they can close deals because they've never been exposed to it. And that that's made it more of an uphill battle for, for SDRs. It's a fact, but it's also meant to be a fact, right? Like we've got to understand that we're, we're, we're trying to get into roles that we're paid more to do. We've got more responsibility. We've got higher status and standing at organizations and they're going to ask for more in return as well. So of course it's meant to be, it's meant to be hard. It's not meant to be easy, but it comes down to, right? Like, what are you willing to sacrifice to get there? Or like that at, at the end of the, at the end of the day, like what, what, what are you willing to put on the line to actually, to, 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 to actually get there, to, to achieve your mission? If your mission, if you're a one man, like every business has a mission, right? If your one man mission or one woman mission, or however you identify as mission, right, is to be an AE, then what are you doing to make that happen? Or are you just saying, I've been here for 18 months, so I should therefore be an AE, right? What are the actions that you're, you're taking? And actually the account itself could be the account you're working at now, right? But how are you multi-threading it? How are you building relationships with other stakeholders who make the decision? and put your name on the AE part of the spreadsheet, right? That says, cool, this person's gonna cost us hundred grand next year rather than 60 grand as an SDR. That, that's, they're the people you gotta start influencing and starting to use some of your, your sales skills to build relationships with in order to sell. That deal might take 
three months, six months. But think about it this way. If you cost a hundred grand as an AE a year, that's a hundred grand deal that you need to sell to your hiring manager or to the CFO to commit to. (laughs) So if you want six to be paid six figures, you've got to convince them that you're a six figure seller. Love that. Uh, yeah, so good. That, that, that is so hard as an SDR, yeah. right? Because you're like, okay, cool. <laughs> I've never sold I've never sold a four-figure deal or a three-figure deal yet. So yeah. like, right, tell me, tell me how to do it. And it. So it fundamentally comes down to a lot. And I put a lot of, not pressure, but a lot of push on, on SDR leaders to be better at prepping their reps to run, not just deals, but run interview processes mm. before they, the roles even come up. So then when people actually do have the roles, they have a really good shot at, at, at getting it, right? They they can play the they play the odds. They walk into the casino and the, the odds are in their favour. It's it's about setting yourself up for success the best you can. And hopefully um some SDRs who are listening to this who are on that route to A might feel inspired or might have even questioned, oh yeah, maybe I need to be doing a little bit more uh, right now to to get that role. Um yeah, it makes sense to me. But um we we have to end the the podcast. We have to wrap up. Unfortunately, speaking of an uphill battle, with with a cover version of the song that you've brought in. So, do you want to talk me through um, your your karaoke classic, your cold calling pump up song? Look, I I'm not sure that this is a, the the go to for everyone at karaoke, but I'm a huge Eminem fan. Okay, right, a huge Eminem fan. Um, I'm going to go very basic with it. Lose yourself. And it's the end of quarter today. End of quarter, end of quarter meant one thing on the sales floor. And that was basically we listened to five Eminem songs on repeat for the whole day. So that's my, that's my choice. What's that? His palms are sweaty, knees weak, arms are heavy. There's vomit on his sweater already, mum's spaghetti. He's nervous, but on the surface he looks calm and ready to drop bombs. But he keeps on forgetting what he wrote down. The whole crowd goes so loud he opens his mouth, but the words won't come out. He's choking now. Everybody's joking now. The clock's run out, time's up, over. Blah. Well, that was Eminem, apparently, on No Nonsense Sales. Sounded more like slam poetry than a rap. But there you go. If you enjoyed some of the tips and tricks that you learn on the show this week, why not join us next week on your podcast player of choice? We'll be there. Hope you will be too. Thanks so much for listening.